You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, Thursday. What's up? Welcome in. We're Grant and Danny, and you are listening to The Fan. We are one day closer to the start of the NFL playoffs. Nice little show planned for you today. Our buddy Will Brinson covers the NFL for CBS Sports. He'll get us set for this weekend's slate of games and Super Wild Card Weekend at 3 o'clock. At that time, by the way, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to go see the Impractical Jokers at Capital One Arena. And at 4 o'clock today, Beltway Blitz time. Ahead of the Blitz, another pair of tickets. Impractical Jokers in D.C. next month at Cap One Arena. So at 3 and 4, make sure you're listening if you want those tickets to your pals G&D. Speaking of which, he's Danny Ruyer. What's up, buddy? Played some tennis with a buddy today who had some free time this morning. Tennis guy. In the city. Yeah, just tried to run around, not pull anything. We did it. We did it. Here's my observation. Are I'm you not a big tennis guy? No. Like Nick Dowd's a big pie guy. You big tennis guy? No, I don't think you can say that about me. I all I can't just jog. If I could, I would just do that to try to be less fat. I need something. An activity. I need an activity. Have you considered pickup basketball or even just Philip Seymour Hoffman style shooting balls off the backboard by yourself? Yes, but you know the story. Uh, and this is a long time ago now. Right after my oldest son was born, I had been in hibernation, just a big, a big fatty, gross, because everyone's like, here, you had, you had a kid, here's some baked goods. You here's know? lasagna. Yeah, which is awesome, but, you know, it doesn't work well with me. When here's you, a tray of pasta. Yeah. Here you go, fatty. Put that in your gullet while your, your wife does all the work. So I was like, I'm going to go play some pickup basketball at my kid's elementary school. I know there's like an open run on Tuesday nights, right? So I walk up there. Nobody's in the gym, and I'm like, that's fine. I got in by myself. I'm just shooting around, getting some exercise, sweating, no problem, right? As I'm leaving, a group of younger people came in, and they were like, hey, man, we need one more. Do you want to play with us? I'm like, yeah, I don't, th- I don't think I can. I'm not in great shape. They're like, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Minute into the game, shot goes up. I'm going towards the rim for a rebound. It bounced over my head, so I have, to, I have to stop about face and run towards the sideline. I chase it down, try to save it in, and somebody kicks me. Grant, they kicked me mm. in the back of my leg. And I scream, what the bleep? That's a bleeping foul, is what I said. And then I rolled over. There was nobody within 25 feet of me because my fat ass had pulled my hamstring. That's what I did. So I I hobbled over to my gym bag without saying a word, picked it up, put my sweatshirt in there, and I took 20 minutes to hobble the five minutes home. And I walked in with my head bowed, and my wife said, how was it? And I said, I pulled my hamstring. I can't really help for a little while. That's the last. So the answer to your pickup basketball question is no. That was also when the curtain closed on the competitive portion. Yeah, that's the end of your endeavors. I'm now a softball guy who wears um, what do you call those things? Like the 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 muscle sleeves. Not because I have muscles, but because whatever I do have, you got to put the muscle in the sausage casing so it doesn't tear in half. Are you regularly playing softball, or you just do it every now and then? Once a week. When, oh, so, during the season. Okay, but then you're yeah. on a softball team. Yes. It's not like, oh, I went because guys asked me to go and I played once. No, I embraced it. I, I'm on a softball you're all team. The way you're, in. And you remember my, as Fred Smoot says, my frustration is that I can't hit homers, which is ridiculous. Like, the, they're the dudes on the team. Like, everyone's younger than most the guys are younger than me. And there's like guys that were like pretty good in high school or like played JV or something like that. They're homering. 
I like I was a pretty objectively a pretty good hitter as far as the population goes. I can't homer. And it drives me insane. I'll never homer. I did play one season for the Swinging Richards. I enjoyed myself. We had a lot of fun. On the Swinging Richards? Swinging Richards. True story. I was uh, on that team for a year. I just couldn't stand that there was one guy on the other team that just took it so seriously. And frankly, it'd probably be you on your team. Uh But it was just like, ah, someone's yelling at me. (laughs) Someone's yelling at you? I'm 34 years old. Just like someone's mad about the count or something. Like, I just, this is not. No one's got a baseball card. Right. Yeah, seriously, you know, like, that's a great way to put it. So if, none if, of these none of these highlights are going on Sports Center. It's, you, not, it's not on the board in Vegas. If you care more than at all, it's too much for me. Uh-huh. And I understand for a lot of people, I probably don't care enough, and that's perfectly fine. Well, it, it depends on the division. If you're playing like co-ed rec softball, where you're like having a Milwaukee's best between at bats, then nobody should be yelling at you. It was co-ed. Yeah, it, it had to go like boy girl in the batting order. I mean, you know, right? We're, we're just out here playing. Everyone should man. be calmed down. Now I played in uh, Fairfax County softball, like Division One. That's like the serious group. Okay. So that, that that's t- perfectly fine to start chirping, barking Probably at umpires. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Show up and watch Danny kick dirt on an umpire. No, <laughs> nothing they like call that. Call a ball off the plate. What, string of curse words after I make my 200th error because I can't bend over anymore. Well, uh, I'm happy that you played tennis. What was the point of that? Again? Oh, the point of the story was not about tennis. I have. Thank you for letting me get back to it. Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. I don't know anything. I'm just a, a pudgy dude that, that comes into work. I have never seen more police officers in my life than I saw today in, in Washington, D.C. Well, there was a shooting right on South Cap right here. I don't even mean that. I mean everywhere in Northwest D.C., every corner, every half corner, every block, streets were, were cut off. There were officers stationed. All kinds there of. There was pl- also a bomb threat somewhere near here. That all fits? That might have had to do with it. Who knows? I mean, honestly, this is like up by the cathedral. This is all parts of Northwest. This is coming down here. I have never seen anything like it. Every, Everywhere. Just parked, sitting there, looking around like they weren't looking at me. They didn't care about me. But something was was afoot. I don't know what that was. That's all. I think there was a lot of things. I think a lot of things. You you didn't bother to look it up. You just kind of kept going to work? Yeah. How do you look that up? Oh, you would just look up. Why? Why are there police here? No. Uh, what you do you look up? Google the area you're in. You could. Uh, what I do now, it's sign of the times, is I'll get on Twitter and I'll, you know, type in DC police presence. You know, street I'm on, whatever. And generally, I'll be like, oh, that's happening. Oh, right over there. Well, so I did that, and that's how I discovered that uh, DC has announced that they are going to increase the number of uh, people involved in parking enforcement. And I reported that to you earlier today. So, problem solved. We got it. <laughs> That'll do it. We took care of it. <laughs> Everything's fine. We're all set here. Uh, as, as long as you're giving out parking tickets. So, a couple things we got to get into. Right off the top today, before we get into some of the big news of the day in football. Number one, let's congratulate the Washington Wizards on a gritty win last night. Hey. Really impressive victory for the Wizards, I thought. No Bradley Beal, which generally means they have a good chance to win. But also, they didn't have Kristaps Porzingis or Daniel Gafford. They were playing centerless, essentially, last night. And you and I were joking about who was going to be the center yesterday, if you remember, and you go back and you listen to the end of our show. Well, it turns out Anthony Gill ended up getting a bunch of minutes in the front court and had a career game with 18 points and four boards. He's actually going to join us today at 4 o'clock on the Beltway Blitz. But the Wiz last night, completely undermanned without... Three of their best players, certainly maybe their two best players other than Kyle Kuzma, 
get a victory. Two former Lakers going one-on-one. Here's Kuzma off the screen. Kuzma fade away. Oh, he hit it! Kyle Kuzma with 5.7 seconds remaining here in the fourth quarter. Hits a huge three to put the Wizards up 100 to 97. Clutch Kuz activated. Great call from Chris Miller on NBC Sports Washington last night as Kuzma pours in 21, hits the game winner in the final seconds. Quick shout-out to Denny Rodman, a.k.a. Denny Avdia, who had 20 rebounds last night. 20. 20 boards, dude. I, that's all. That's unbelievable. Like, I, I don't even know what else to say about that. Kyle Kuzma is the guy on this team that I want to shoot the ball at the end of the game. I agree with that. I heard Chris Miller call him Clutch Kuz at the end of that call. I don't know if that's a real thing or that's a nickname or that's not a nickname. I don't know what I don't know there. I know that every time I watch a Wizards game and at the end of the game he shoots. I feel good about it. The ball often goes in Mm -hmm. at a pretty high percentage. Give that guy the ball. You want to run clear out isolation stuff at the end of the game? Give the ball to Kuzma. He knocks a lot of those shots down. Big shot Kuz last night for the Wizards. The news was not as good for our beloved Capitals, Danny, as I sit here in a red Capitals hoodie. 5-3 loss to the Flyers last night. A little bit gross, man. Uh, Empty net goal, so it looked a little worse than it actually was. But for the Capitals, last night they got goals from Garnet Hathaway, Marcus Johansson, and TJ Oshie. I'm going to tell you what's happened with the Caps. They were on fire. Mm -hmm. Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom came back, which is amazing and necessary, and in the long run will be huge for them. But it has absolutely halted their momentum in the meantime. They're not getting as much offense or as much shots. Uh, They uh, just collectively, their lines aren't as crisp. Right now, they're parking Mantha. They got more players than than seats to sit down in, and they're kind of mixing and matching, and it's just not quite working yet. I think Wilson looks a lot closer to being himself already than Backstrom does. It's going to take time for those guys, but it's pretty clear, and and this is probably a necessary evil. This is a means to an end. You got to go through it, right? But. You're bringing guys back, and it has certainly slowed the progress a little bit in the meantime. The other thing I would say, and it gets twofold. One, I'm reminded of how much I just loathe John Tortorella. That's all. I, I, I see his face, and I just I get I have a visceral reaction right away. That's who, number one. Who else is on that list for you in sports? You see their Ooh. face, and you have a visceral like reaction. Like, I see them, and I get I get annoyed. File uh, that topic away for the offseason, Yeah, uh, Summertime. Uh, the second thing is, this keeps happening. I need happening. an answer. Oh, I, I want another answer. answer. I'm th- let me give you an answer. I see their face and I have a visceral reaction. I would say Antonio Brown is on that list. And I would say I would say Sidney Crosby's on that list for me. Crosby could make And my I know list. Crosby's a great player. It's not even his fault. It's the coverage of him. It's the idea that he just skates with the puck on his stick and they're like, "Oh my god, Sidney Crosby skating forward and the puck <laughs> is is on his stick." No one's ever done this before, Joe. Just the the, the gushing is way too much. Great play behind the boards, Enzel. Sidney Crosby exhaled, then he inhaled. Um, he's on my list. I would say the other, the other thing I, I wanted to mention is this keeps happening to the Capitals. I'm thinking of the Shanahan axiom, right? It's not who you play, it's when you play them. They keep playing these last place teams or teams down at the bottom that are randomly hot. The Flyers have been a bitter disappointment for months. All of a sudden, have won six of seven, and that's when we have to play them. I think we're seeing same thing was going on with Columbus. I feel like Nashville as and Columbus well. Columbus pretty much stinks. There's always ne- there's never a bad time to play Columbus. But uh, like they were playing better lately. Stuff like I don't like that. 
keep just you were just stay in your home. Stay in your place where you're stinky and just be depressed and awful and bad and a disappointment and have everyone hate your guts. Please and thank you. You got to get two points when you play the Flyers next time out. This is a back-to-back. Yeah, I please do. Three out of the four. I'll take two out of four. Home Saturday night, 7 o'clock. So the Caps have a couple of day respite here. They're not playing tonight or tomorrow as they can now rest up for Saturday. Uh, all right, here's your big NFL news of the day. This was coming since the moment Derek Carr got benched. This is obvious. This was a worst-kept secret in football, but it is now official, so to speak. The Raiders are going to be moving on from Derek Carr. They are putting him on the trade block. They are taking calls, if you want to make one, on their longtime starting quarterback, Derek Carr. And the report from Vic Tafer, who covers the team for the Athletic in Vegas, is that if they don't get a trade they like for Carr or that he'll agree to because he has a no-trade clause, They will be releasing him, and he'll be available via free agency. Carr is 31 years old. He was drafted as really a success story, frankly. Second-round pick, early second round, 36th overall in 2014. He has been in the NFL since 2014 and has been pretty consistently a very solid passer. He is a top-half-the-league quarterback. Somewhere in in a really good year between like the 10th and the 13th best QB in a normal year for him, probably in the 12 to 15 range, a bad year in the 15 to 18 range. He's kind of a middle of the pack QB, but in a world where there are, you know, 18 maybe that are actual legitimate starters you might want, you know, he is in that group for sure. Now he's coming off of his worst season, in my opinion, by far, but certainly in a long, long time. As the Raiders went 6-9 and nine in his 15 games, he threw at the time an NFL worst 14 interceptions with still a couple of games to go at that point before they benched him. But Derek Carr, quarterback-starved teams. You want to be in the veteran market, available. And I got to tell you, better than the guys that ended up being available for teams like Washington last year. And just to use the, the commanders, not to advocate for him coming here just yet, but to use them as the example, Danny, mm-hmm. Derek Carr would unquestionably be the best quarterback they have started in a game here since Kirk Cousins left. He is kind of, to me, almost like Cousins light, a poor man's Cousins. There are some similarities in that he's not leaving the pocket. He's not scrambling around. If you get close to him with pass rush, he's probably getting sacked and going to the ground. He's a traditional pocket passer who's a little bit worse at throwing the ball maybe than Cousins, but they're similar guys. He would be the best they've had in years, though. And that's why teams like Washington or the Jets, among others, are going to be really interested in him. The He's had two really good seasons. His second and third year in the league, he averaged 30 touchdowns and around eight and a half picks combined over those two years. Really good. Since then, it's a lot of middling. And so I'm lower on him than, than you are. Um, the contract, to me, is so onerous that it's a non-starter for a trade. I just, I can't do it. I, if I'm doing that... I better have the reason I win. I better have a star. You're basically talking about cap numbers this coming year, 34, almost $35 million, then 44, then 43. I just, I won't do that at all. If it gets released, different story. So I wouldn't take on that contract either for the record. So I'll just say that and get that out there. However, to play devil's advocate for a second, Mm -hmm. $34 million is basically now what it costs for a starting quarterback who's a top half the league QB. When you and I were having this conversation, seems like yesterday, but now it's been almost, what, seven, eight years 
when Cousins was here, <laughs> yeah. that number was $24 million. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Of or, course, Or yeah. $23 million yeah, yeah. or so. They're like, you can't do that. Well, the number for guys like Carr is now $34 million. That's just what it costs right. if you want to have a good quarterback. You just paid Carson Wentz, as an example, $28 million. Spot Track is assuming that Taylor Heineke is going to make $20 million this year. I don't see that, but that's what they're suggesting. Mm-hmm. So $34 million is not a problem, in my opinion. It's not ideal. It's not what you want to do. It's not the water you want to swim in. But I would say to that the same I would say to callers years ago mm-hmm. who had a big issue with $24 million for a guy that would go out and throw for 4,000 yards with 28 touchdowns and 10 picks. That's what it costs. The problem is not the 34, it's the 40-plus that you're talking about. And that he wouldn't see anyway because you would restructure that. It's How many times do you see this? You had the voided years or whatever, and eventually there might be some dead money. But if I was a GM and you took on that contract, which I wouldn't do, especially with him likely to become a free agent, you take it on, he makes 34 in that first year, or you restructure right away, so it's actually well less than that. But he would never see those final two years. That number's coming back into the low, mid-30s. You might even be able to get into the upper 20s and push some money down the road. I would be really surprised if he ever ends up making that 40-plus in any season. That's fair. But just I, as an aside. I just, so, again, this I think it also comes down to your, your opinion on Derek Carr. And again, you're higher on him than I am. To me, 34 is a problem. Because if I'm in the... I'm just paying for this because he's slightly better than what I got. I would much rather have a guy on a rookie deal that I think is worse than Derek Carr, but I can get a much better supporting cast. If I'm going to start spending big, it's going to be on my answer, franchise guy, you don't think twice, et cetera, it's worth it. That Wentz Carr tier, I think Carr is better than Wentz. I I think that's without question. But to me, he's nowhere near good enough to start warranting big paydays, if that makes any sense, right? I would much rather do a kid, uh, whether I drafted him this year or I've already got him on my roster, and try to improve in that general direction until I was 100% sure that I had a franchise guy who didn't just fall out of favor with his former team. That's sort of where I'm at in terms of, in terms of my quarterback paying philosophy. Yeah, I mean... Your, I, your point about that's what it cost is right. The, and that's my point is I don't want to pay that. Yeah, the falling out of favor with his team doesn't bother me at all. Josh McDaniels came in there. It's not his guy. He's on his third coach in a couple of years. John Gruden got run out of there, or else he'd still be there and was a car guy as an example. So I don't worry as much about that. Um, It's really, I think, a matter of the unknown, frankly. What Derek Carr is is one thing. You're saying I'd rather go with the draft pick and hope, you know, that I can build around him, which is what they said about Cousins, albeit a better version than him. And you fast forward a handful of years and you've been starting four quarterbacks at a time and you drafted one at 15 and that was a disaster and you had a guy break his leg and you, you run through the litany of what they've done and that is the alternative in some capacity as well, right? So that's a big, big problem too. Um, and, and I think that's something they're going to have to consider, not just in Washington, where I don't think he's necessarily an option, but the Jets, you know, some of these other teams, mm-hmm. is you're overpaying Derek Carr for sure. But it's what we talked about several years ago. Right. The alternative is probably scarier. That's the monster under the bed. At some point, I want to discuss with you, though, whether or not in Washington he should even be a consideration next year. And we'll get into that. I see some of the caps are floating around, though. They're here today recording a spot in our building uh, that they are here to uh, put together. Some production being done. So we're going to try to grab them and see if we can get some of the guys in studio with us next. It's Grant and Danny on the fan on this Thursday. 
pumped to be with you until 6.30 this evening. Previewing the NFL playoffs with Will Brinson coming up at 3. That's when we're giving away those tickets to Impractical Jokers right here on G&D. Grant and Danny welcoming you back. 106.7 The Fan, your flagship home for the Caps. It's not every day we're just chilling in here. I'm looking out our little glass studio, and I see Nick Jensen and Martin Ferravari and Nick Dowd making their way around the facility, getting a little tour after they became radio professionals. They were on the mic doing their spots, so let's welcome the fellas in studio now. Dowder, it's great to have you in person. Obviously, you're yeah. on the show every week on the phone. A little different. Yeah, it's nice. It feels good to uh, see you know where, where you guys are working and stuff like that. It's good. Good to have a little company here too. It would have. Uh, it would. You know, if we knew, if I knew you were going to be in, we would have had someone prepare a pie. Our guy Eddie could have. Uh, that would have been nice. Could have pied you up. Yeah, would have been a nice touch. But uh, we got Nick Jensen in the house as well. Thanks for stopping through. Yeah, thanks for having me, Martin Veravari. So you guys were uh, were doing your commercial. I want to know who who was like the most natural. What do you think? What do you think of Veravari's performance, Nick? How did he do? Uh, you know, I missed it. I showed up a little bit late, but I mean, knowing Marty in the locker room, I'm sure it was, it was dynamite. So I yeah. figured it out. <laughs> yeah. wasn't that bad, actually. You crushed it? Uh, I think so. You, you should ask someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll anybody that can, anybody that, that their second language is English and they can come in and, and do it like that. I can't imagine that, by the that's way. That's pretty good. Yeah. Like, so, if, I, I've, I could, if I went to Canada, I probably couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah they, they don't speak American there. You're right. <laughs> At what point? Did you originally, like, were you fluent in English and comfortable, like, as you were growing up? Is that something you always knew and learned, or? Uh, no, no, no. So, uh, when I, uh, first of all, started, uh, like, talking a little bit more English, it was in Sweden when I was 14 years old when I moved there. But uh, I had no clue. Like, I, I, I couldn't speak a word, you know, couldn't ask for water. So, it, it was it was a long way, but. So thirsty. <laughs> you had to be thirsty. You couldn't ask for water. Yeah. You're just doing bag skates. He's just, all he wants is water. Just water. All, all you need to just play hockey. So, it was okay. Yeah. They, tell, they tell me which, where I'm supposed to be, and that's it. So. Nick, you came over at the at one point in time in a deal from Detroit. You're, this is old hat now. D.C. is, is your home. I mean, wh- how long did it take you to kind of get comfortable and used to the city and as a hockey town, the fan base? Because each, I would imagine each market you play in is kind of unique. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my memory when I first got here, when I played in the first game, uh, I got a standing ovation during the game because I lost my stick and started kicking the puck up the boards <laughs> and eventually got the puck out of the zone. And that was that my big prize moment, you know, not, not even having a stick in my hand. So the fans... Probably felt bad for me and said, "Let's try to welcome." Osh so, is normally that. the soccer player. He's normally the guy that I feel like is always most yeah, likely like, to kick in kick, the yearbook. Kick, yeah, yeah, a puck yeah, or yeah, something. You're, yeah, you're probably right about that. You guys, we talked about it on the air, Nick, when you were on with us last week. You have such a unique like pregame routines, and it's mm-hmm. almost I don't say it's clicks, but there are guys who've been here for years who mm-hmm. have wacky things that they do. Mm-hmm. Is it an easy group to to crack into initially or how does that work yeah i mean it actually really was i think uh you know nothing against the, the other teams that i've played for our organizations but um we just have such a good group of guys like good group of people that that are on this team uh and that all that's all the way from like our training staff to our you know strength coaches and and the players and stuff um yeah so it's really easy i mean guys <clears throat> always welcomed me right away when i signed even after like you'd you know just won the cup and they were super busy um you know, he reached out to me, and and uh, yeah, I'd say the guys were were really welcoming, and just a just a easy uh, a lot of easy personalities to to fit into for sure. Grant and I were talking about this at the top of the show. Um, of course, you go yes, welcome back. 
Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom. Of course, right? We long term, everybody needs those guys. But without them, you guys were on such a roll. It was unbelievable. You guys were a buzzsaw. And now it's not like it's not like spring training. I don't have a, a good sort of anal- analogy for it. But it's like, is the rhythm a little bit different? All of a sudden, it's going to take a minute to get used to kind of having those guys back. Which of course you do. But still, it's like we have to adjust again. Yeah, I, I've been asked that question kind of a little bit. I, do, I think as a team, we're just we kind of got in our groove and we're just moving forward. I think having those two guys is just going to push us forward even more. I don't think there's going to be an adjustment at all. I think they took the time to do the work they had to do to recover. Um, They didn't rush into it, and I think they're coming back in stride, so I think they're just going to join the group and continue to push forward here. What was the energy like in the building the first game? Those guys were back on Sunday, Martin. I got to imagine just – I wish I was there, but people were so amped up for so long counting down to that. It had to be great. It was crazy. I think they they started together, right? Uh, Billy, Becky, and Ovi. Mm-hmm. Put big, them on the same. That's line. pretty that neat. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Big, uh, three big guys, uh, big players, you know, all together. So it was it was really crazy. You know, the building was crazy. Yeah. Joined in studio by a couple of caps. We got Nick Dowd, Nick Jansen, and Martin Ferravari with us. Who were in studio. We saw him wandering around. We grabbed him, put him to work. We're like, listen, you got to come in here and sit down, earn your keep a little bit. I know. Seriously. What's yeah. the What's the loudest building you've ever been in? All three of you guys. I think mine was mine was Vegas, their second game they ever played, and I think it was like three nothing before I stepped on the ice, and I was on like the you know third or fourth line at that time with LA, and and like I remember walking into that place and thinking, wow, this is the loudest building that I've ever been in, and and that, like I said, it was their second game ever. So I hope I'm not <clears> wrong <throat> about this, and I, I hate to even bring this up. Wasn't that not long after that the shooting in Vegas too? And remember what happened there, like the the whole no, yeah, city you're right. everything yeah. shuts around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. I remember pulling in and every, and that was like the thing, like, oh, yeah. this is where this is where it had happened, and and we were. But there yeah. was like a therapy to it. They yeah. had this mm-hmm. team, and yeah. like the 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 hockey team that night was like the they were healing people. Right, and, yeah. But the yeah. whole stadium was nuts. It was, yeah. Just yeah. going out there for the cup. They also he hated it. By the way, not the cup. He enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. That um, part was good. That, that part. The, the drinking, <laughs> I was in favor of that. The yeah. drinking beers during he the cup. That. <laughs> yeah. You liked right. that. Yeah. But he. We still argue about this before the the game. For all those cup games, they would do like twenty minutes of stuff. So they would have like this big fake show they did with people swinging on ropes and all kinds of nonsense. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. It was like yeah. the most Vegas thing ever. And they would turn everything up. To a hundred on the speakers, yeah. and he just wanted the hockey game to be played, so he just complained the entire time. I That's like correct, that. yeah. Danny. I like that. I yeah, like, that. Yeah. like what would ha- what I would see, and Grant refused to acknowledge is Washington Capitals players. That's why I'm there to see, mm. uh, right? Steal the joy from all these uh, Vegasites, Vegasins, Las Vegas, Vegas, Ve- vegan, Vegas, vegans, vegans, all the vegans, Vegasinians. So like they're sitting there in the tunnel, like, and there's some guy going, hold up, we have a show. So, like, they're waiting to get on the ice while, like, two dudes are skating around shooting pretend arrows, and one guy's, like, singing a song, and I'm like, play the hockey game immediately. Immediately! We're here to whoop your ass. We don't need to continue the argument in front of them, but they don't, like, move the game back. No. The game has a start time, and they just start the show early enough yeah. that you still play at 7.05. Guys are trying to get on the Danny, ice, man. Danny, Danny clearly is there for, for one thing only, and I appreciate <laughs> right. that. Yeah. You know? I'm not there for the show. But no. Danny's acting like they, they moved the game back to 8.14, and he's like, are we ever going to play hockey? Is this show going to end? Like, the show had a, a time where it was going to end, and then the game was going to start. He's no frills type of guy. He know? is. Uh, all right, while I have you, uh, three players. We, we, I don't know that we've ever had three in studio. My favorite thing that the Capitals do, you guys have all kinds of cool events over the course of the year, and you guys are great on social, kind of allowing the fans to be a part of it. I think that's one of the reasons D.C.'s become such a hockey town. 
You think about like the Cup Selly and how they took the cup to all the bars Amazing, and dude. restaurants. Like you guys really let the fans be a part of of the group, which is cool. But your Halloween parties are always a ten out of ten. Mm. And I just remember like you guys have had some of the better like couples costumes over the years. You had the um the one where you guys were from like bridesmaids or whatever yeah, that was. Yeah, the uh, the um. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the girl that takes all the puppies and then the po- uh, the, uh, the yeah. person that sits on the Young airplane. Page. Yeah. But Martin was like a, a warlock or something, and I think you got, your girlfriend was a witch. I mean, you guys like always do crazy good costumes. So was that like your planning? I know your, your girlfriend's here with us. Is that does she get credit for that? What do you well, think, Martin? To be honest, this is not the, my my side at all. So I just always leave to my girlfriend whatever. You know? <laughs> I just I smart. Just, I'll just show up, you know, whatever. So. Uh, if it's, like, there's if, an outfit hung and you just have to wear that if it's not what i really agree then i i'll i'll have a word but otherwise i'll just leave up to her whatever what about getting dressed on the road like dressing up to go out with the boys is it the same thing or <laughs> no not really i always I'm, I'm i have my fashion you know so i'm just going like my my way but sometimes she had some work but uh, then then we argue a little bit both ways you know when she put something i don't really like then I'll, I'll give it her back. Did you see Jensen's face? Was well, both Nick's uh, chuckled when Martin Hervari yeah, mentioned fashion. Stylish guy. I mean, yeah, he's yeah, he's, he is. He's at lots of lots of black. Be- best and worst dresser on the team, Jensen. He's a nice guy. Best and worst on the team right now. Uh, you know Tom Wilson's always bringing the heat, so he's gonna be the best. It's so annoying. What a dreamboat. Yeah, uh, I get it. I don't really want to drag anyone down through the mud by saying the worst. Doubt or you'll drag I, someone down I, through the mud. Please, Nick. If you I'll, I'll say the most interesting dresser <laughs> is uh, is uh, interesting's Chuck, a great way to Chuck, put Chuck it. Ling- <laughs> Chucky Lindgren coming Lindgren. in with the cowboy boots. Okay. Uh, flannels. Dumb and Dumber you know, tucks. And he's, and he's got the mustache and sideburns to go with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that thing's yeah. starting to smell too. We've been meaning yeah. to talk to Chuck about that. Yeah, mustache. can we? We got once in a while. Do yeah. something about yeah, that, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, J- Jens was being modest too. He's stepped up his game a lot too. He's adding in some three piece three piece suits now, which he oh, thinks that's he's strong. Oh, well, you're actually his, yeah, yeah. you're hearing it from Mister Sweater himself. He's, that's true. So he, that's true. That's true. He's the sweater guy on the team, and yeah. he. Guys, been coming sweater almost. under the like jacket. Or? I'll go. I'll go. You know, mix it. You a sweater vest? Then? I'll go, I've never. Sweater. We've never. We did talk about sweater vests the other day. That might be a new category. Yeah. Connor Sheary stepped up. <clears throat> Potential sweater vest guy. Potential. You know, gents. Gents is we. we we can't even get into it. We have all types of Understood. people that have roles on our team. You it's know, a, away from the rink. It is a very tough thing to pull off. You got to be like you guys are, like tall and handsome and really good shape yeah. to do a third layer. I just third layer to me looks like I'm wearing a pillow. I can't do that. I, I badly want to be in shape. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know I could be if I put in the work. I just mm-hmm. want to say it and yeah. then not put in the work. Yeah, right, right. It's like easier to do. Eating yeah. food more yeah. and not exercising. Like a New Year's resolution. Type. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've already given up on all of those. <laughs> I mean, it's, God, it's been 13 days. I mean, January who has 13. The time? Exactly. I'm the guy that pisses you off at the gym the first day after New Year's, but you don't have to worry about where do the weights go? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but yeah, it would be nice to just look like you guys in suits. That'd be really, really cool. All right, we got to let you go because I know Doubter's got to get home to the baby. You guys got things to do. Quick question. You're a Minnesota guy, yes? Yes. Are you a Vikings fan? Yes. Are you worried about the Giants? Do you feel good about the playoff game coming up? Yeah, I'm confident. I'm you confident. feel good? We're going to break uh, kind of the, the long-going somewhat of a curse that Minnesota sports has, I think, this year. So Deep I'm run? staying confident with them. And then are you, do you have an NFL team, Dal? No, no, I can't. <clears throat> I can't even. I'm, my wife is, you know, I'll give her credit that she is from Minnesota, so therefore she is a Vikings fan. But she came she came home the other day after the Vikings had that big comeback when they were down like 30 to 3 or whatever yeah. it was. She comes, we've got to put the Vikings game on. I'm like, why? You've never been this interested. <laughs> <laughs> now? We've got to put it on. I'm like, oh, okay, put it on. She puts it on. She's like watching. I'm like, what? 
what? Like, she's never watched football with me. She's like, this is going to be the biggest comeback in NFL history. And I'm like, oh, okay, so since when are you a Vikings fan? She goes, well, since they've been good, I'm a Vikings fan. So I'm like, all right. Well, well, it must be nice. This jump year, on and off. Yeah. Into are you into fo- American football? Uh, no, no. Sorry, no? guys. Sorry, guys. No, I'm more a soccer guy. You know, Europe, European style, so more soccer. I'm not. Who's your guy. European club? So I was always when I was uh, when I was young, I always loved the Messi and FC Barcelona. But now I don't really have anyone. I just follow the soccer a little bit. But uh, I follow those uh, young um, kid uh, Holland and Foden in uh, Manchester City. So I would say those two right now. Have you given? Have you watched some ball? Have you watched football with the guys at all? Well, I I watch uh, Super Bowl every year. You know, have some okay. fun <laughs> with the boys. Uh, but otherwise, I'm not I'm not like watching it or into it. That's cool. Well, hopefully we can get him hooked. But either way, you keep hitting people the way you are, and uh, you keep playing the way you are. You're just fine. You, yeah, you don't have much to worry about. Coles, thanks for stopping. Thank you, boys. Yeah, I know you got things guys. to do. A couple it. days off here, and then Saturday night, go see the Caps. They got the Flyers in town. They'll give them a little payback, try to get a couple of points. Grant and Danny with you on the fan. Top of the hour, we'll turn our attention to the playoff games and Super Wild Card Weekend here on G&D. With Danny, I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. We got to thank the Caps for stopping through again. Nick Dowd, our weekly regular here on Grant and Danny. A little bonus appearance this week. And his pals, Martin Ferravari and Nick Jensen. It just so happens they were in studio walking around. We had to grab them and uh, appreciate them hanging out with us for a few minutes. A couple of NFL storylines I wanted to hit that came down today. Number one. The Chiefs-Bills AFC Championship game, no matter who wins and doesn't win in the other games, if the AFC comes down to Kansas City and Buffalo, that AFC Championship game will be on a neutral site game. It's the only AFC title game that will be neutral site, Chiefs-Bills, and it will be played, we found out today, in Atlanta at the Mercedes-Benz Dome uh, in Georgia. So that would be the, the destination for those two teams That would be the setup. It would feel almost like a national championship game in college football, one of these big bowl games. That's one of the most used domes, obviously, in the country. Only downside would be you're not going to have any elements. Wouldn't be cold. Wouldn't have the chance of snow, which would be inevitable probably in Buffalo and certainly likely in Kansas City that time of year. But I'm fine with that. I really am. I am, too. And I was just thinking of that. It, It. Listen, it, it's obviously we know how we got here out of a really adverse and tough situation, but it kind of feels, as you said, like a bowl game. It's also easy travel. Atlanta's a, a hub, so anybody could get there who, who would want to go. It, it is kind of a neat thing, right? It just because there's no great way to settle that because Buffalo has every, has every right to say, we had a legitimate shot at the number one seed and we beat the Kansas City Chiefs in their building. The, we, sh- we have a chance. The national show I do on weekends for CBS Sports Radio is with a, a host from uh, Kansas City is my co-host, Alex Gold, uh-huh. on uh, BetQL. And he was saying this weekend, he was salty, because he thinks this is the beginning of the NFL seeing that they can make a ton of money. They've wanted these championship games, according to some people, to be neutral site games for a long time. That maybe this is the beginning of a way forward for the league where they take the AFC and the NFC title games. Really? They put them at neutral site stadiums and they take it out of basically the number one seed or or the higher seeds hands because there's more money at stake because you can make a lot more cash and revenue by these cities paying and and getting the stadiums on board and and basically just like everything else that's happened. Hey, 
London worked. Now we're in Mexico. Now we're in Germany. London worked. Now we're doing four games in London. What do you think about that? Is that is that a possible future for the NFL to just have the AFC and NFC title games on the neutral sites indoors, take the elements out of it? And if that's the case, is that something we'd like? I'd never thought of that as a possibility, but it makes sense. I'd, I'd be opposed to that. I'll come back to neutral site games in a second in general. But to me, that's the point. The point of we don't get to play 162, you get to play 17. A half game or a game better than somebody makes a world of difference. You're basically playing 7 8% of your season every week, right, with these weekly appointments. If you've got the best record, it should be in your building. It should be at home, right? I understand the divisional round. We could, you know, a wildcard team has a better record than a division winner, but team won divisions, so you could play that game at home. That's fine. To me, the 17th game should be the neutral site game for every team every year. You go into an area where there's not an NFL team, right? So for the sake of argument, Atlanta plays Tampa Bay and you do it in, I don't know, Athens, Georgia. Or, you know, Cincinnati plays Cleveland, you do it in Columbus. Or, you know, the the Jets play the 49ers and they do it, I don't know, in Utah. Stuff like that, I, I think should be there. That to me is the golden goose business model that should be happening right now. You could pull that off. It would take a lot of planning. It would take a lot of employees at a ton of stadiums being able to to ramp up and get ready. Obviously, that would all come out well in advance with the schedule. Totally. So it could be figured out. I don't love that. I have no problem with the alternating year in, year out, AFC versus NFC in terms of which team gets nine home games. I kind of like that fine. And I would vote against future title games at neutral sites if I had the choice. Yeah, I meant to that. But I told Alex this, and I'll see if you agree. He hates it because he's a Chiefs fan. And because the Chiefs, every single year, host the (laughs) AFC Championship game. As someone in D.C. where the Commanders don't make the playoffs and haven't been to a conference championship game since I was three years old in 1991, I got to be honest with you. I just don't think it's that big of a deal. We're talking about something that is not all that unfair. If it's just the rule and the way of the future moving forward, then teams are not going to feel like they got jobbed after the first year the second year. Of the policy. So I don't think it would be bad for the league by any means. I would not have a big problem with it. And it would not surprise me if they do that. But if I could be commissioner, I would just have it the way it's always been, which is if you're the best team, you get to host the playoff game at your stadium. The it's funny to me to go, I'm a Chiefs fan, so I don't like it. Man, you'll you'll be down at some point, just like we are. You know what I mean? Like the, the league goes in cycles. There was a time not that long ago where the Chiefs were a joke before Andy Reid got there. He'll leave, Pat Mahomes will retire, and you guys will be in the abyss like the rest of us. So I don't like thinking about policy that way. It's either good or bad. I think that's a net bad uh, when it comes to it. Top of the hour, we're giving away two tickets to see the Impractical Jokers in D.C. at Capital One Arena next month. 325, we got an update on rumblings surrounding the commander's coaching staff. Let's preview some playoff football next on Grant and Danny. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 